Hey, real quick, before we start, I just want to say thank you. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, um, I hope you know how much I appreciate you taking the time to, to join me in some of these conversations. Uh, this whole exercise is meant to be hopefully a place where we get to learn together, but it is certainly a bit of a uh, an outlet and a, a passion project for me that gives me an opportunity to explore some of these things. And so uh, I'm grateful uh, that I get to do this and grateful that, that you're joining us joining me on this on this little adventure so thanks again welcome again everyone to this podcast here with redmond presbyterian church that we call in process my name is austin ashenbrenner i'm the pastor here at redmond presbyterian and I'm grateful to get to be with you today and have uh, yet again another conversation as we explore what it means uh, to to follow God in our community, in our uh, time. Uh, in, in As you know, this season we've been exploring themes around uh, rest and renewal because, man, don't we need it. We are all um, running at our capacity for the most part. Uh, talk to anyone who and ask them how they're doing, and, and you'll probably get to hear them say that they're uh, busy or they're tired or they're worn out pretty quickly. Um, and so we, we, we continue to explore these things together. Today, I want to explore a book of sorts with you. We're, we're doing a little book study here at, at the church Um Oddly enough, the for a, a church book study, uh, the title of the book is "When Church Stops Working" uh, by Andrew Root and Blair Bertrand. Kind of a, an ominous title. When church stops working, a future for your congregation beyond more money, more programs, and innovation. Um, and I told people in our congregation as they considered signing up for this book study, there there would be words of hope in this process. It's not all doom and gloom. Um, but it is a, a bit of an eye-catching title, When Church Stops Working. And what I want to focus in on today, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about the book. It's a fantastic read and I highly recommend it. Um, but I want to zero in on the topic of storytelling uh, as as the authors highlight this for us. And, and I think of storytelling as such a uh, a powerful medium, whether that is uh, the movies we watch or the shows that we watch or, or the books that we read or just uh, the the practice of sitting around maybe a, a dinner table or a campfire and and telling stories. What happens when we do that? Whether those stories are, are fictional, whether they are stories from our lives. Um, I think stories have the power to connect, have the power to uh, expand our, our imaginations and our horizons. Um, they're pretty amazing. So anyway, let me tell you a little bit about this book as a way to get into this idea of, of storytelling. When Church Stops Working by Andrew Root and Blair Bertrand, first of all, uh, essentially poses the question or, or, or the argument, uh, churches in America today have a problem but it's not the problem that we think it is. Uh, the problem that we think that we are all facing, the the crisis that that we're trying to address, is the crisis of decline. Uh, that churches are shrinking and aging. That budgets are shrinking. Uh, that that churches seem to have lost their their role in society. We're no longer kind of in the middle of the town square or in 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 the place of influence. Where more kind of on the periphery and and less respected or or held in in reverence or anything like that. And so 
churches look at that, you know, all the trend lines moving in the wrong direction, and and they we think they think the crisis is uh, about vitality and growth, what we need to do, in other words, to fix this problem of less and less and less is to somehow figure out a way to turn those trend lines around and do more and more and more, right? We need more uh, money. We need more new members. We need more energy. We need more programs, all of these, these more innovation, as the subtitle says. We just need new ideas. More uh, effort will, will turn the tide makes sense. It, it, it fits with our, um, uh, you know, our kind of managerial mindset and kind of Harvard Business Review uh, mentality of, of how we look at problems in this day and age from a very um, mechanistic kind of way. This, this thing is broken. If we fix it, it'll, it'll be better. We just have to, to, to do it better. And oftentimes that means uh, we look backwards to a time when things worked better. Well, you know, the church was growing back in the 50s and 60s. What if we just did those things? Um, and so that's the, the problem that the authors say we think we face. And then they make this pivot and they say, but actually the problem is something altogether different. The problem isn't about uh, having more or less. The problem isn't about uh, isn't going to be fixed by having more. So the the real crisis that that we face in in the North American church today in our culture today is a is a crisis of imagination. It's that we perhaps don't even know what it means to pay attention to the living God at work amongst us. That that throughout the church's history, God has been present and at work out in front of us in the world, in the community, in our lives. And for a variety of reasons that I don't have the time on this podcast to unpack over the last uh, couple hundred years, we have begun to um, flatten out our our experience of, of our normal everyday lives where we don't even imagine at this point that God might be present when I wake up in the morning, when I go to work during the day, when I come to church on Sundays, when I stand on the sideline of my daughter's volleyball game. We we don't have this uh, concept that, that God might be at work. And so we place ourselves at the middle of our, our story. We are the protagonist in, in the movie of our lives, and, and we are the ones that drive the action and create meaning. And and not and 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 we hope somehow that God is is kind of blessing that story or kind of weaving that story together but we don't picture God as as a primary character in that story or a primary actor in that narrative so that is the real challenge that uh, the authors of this book suggest we want to focus on and then they get late later in the book they they offer this kind of um uh, not a solution, I don't want to say, but but advice for kind of how to how to walk forward. And they talk about this idea of looking for a watchword. And again, I'm short on time to explain all of this book. I I just want you to go and get it and and read it because it's great stuff. Uh, but they say this: we in developing a watchword, which is kind of like um, you know a a shorthand way of saying whenever we use this phrase or, or, or we notice this thing, it, it, it alerts us and, and piques our imagination to God at work. And they say, we think there are two very basic moves um, 
that churches can do that will help in finding a watchword. So I'm going to read you this paragraph and this will get us into this discussion of, of stories. It says, the first is to learn how to encounter each other. In this age, they say we, we don't actually know what it means to see or hear one another other than as, as tools, objects to getting more of what we want. And then they say the second is that we need to wait in the right way so that we can encounter God by causing us to fix our attention on the imminent. The secular age we live in makes it hard to imagine a God who is God beyond but knowable. And then just a little bit more. They say both of these steps encountering each other and uh, waiting in the right way. Both of these steps center on storytelling, something everyone loves, even if they believe they're not good at it. The first step asks, where do I see God in my life and in the life of people around me, in, in my life and in the life of people I encounter? How is God a character in that story? And the second asks, where do we see God working in our midst for the salvation of the world? God is at work in the world. And when we pay attention, we might get to see that. Okay. So I love this idea that that both of these acts of of paying attention to God, whether that means uh, encountering one another uh, or or, or simply paying attention, waiting patiently for, for God to work, both bring us into this space of telling stories, of, of paying attention to each other's stories and to the story, uh, the, the grand story of, of God present uh, in our world and, and in our lives. This past week, I, I was listening to this roundtable interview conversation between uh, a group of uh, Academy Award nominated actors, and and one of the actors was talking about the power of of storytelling and how oftentimes he gets frustrated when when people kind of think, oh, acting is kind of this frivolous thing, you know, it's it's just make believe, it's just pretend, and and he was saying, you know, I don't think people quite understand how cent- central of a of a place that storytelling holds in our lives. And he used this example. He said, remember during uh, the pandemic when we were all kind of shut up in our uh, homes and in our apartments, he said, what was the number one question that we would all ask each other when we got on a, on a, on a video call or on a phone call? We would ask each other, how are you doing? And what are you listening to or what are you watching? What What's keeping you going, right? During that time when we had so many things taken away from us, all of us, whether it was to pick up a book or to binge a TV show or to listen to a podcast, we all looked for stories that that would keep us tethered, that would keep us going, that would that would that would entertain us. Some of it was just to give us um, a, a, a distraction. Some of it was to to give us something to to hold on to. But story really got us a lot of us through those difficult times and and continues to do that. Then I was thinking about a story in my own life that I want to share with you as I was reading uh, this this book and and came across this quote about uh, story and how both of these things center on story. This is a story I've told before in in church settings, and, and I'll give you the short version. About five or six years ago, my wife and I moved into a a new condo complex. And so we have, you know, 120 some odd uh, units in our complex. So lots of neighbors all very close together. 
we were new to this area and, and and we wanted to get to know our neighbors. And so we did something really unspectacular. We put up a little sign and, and threw out an email or a notice on the community uh, Facebook page. And we invited people to, I think on like a, a Monday night, come out and, um, and, and have hot dogs with us. Like, and, and honestly, we chose hot dogs because they were cheap and we knew we could buy a lot of them, uh, and, and not, you know, break the bank. And, and, and really we just wanted an excuse to get together. And so we invited people to this thing called hot dog Monday and we thought, you know, it would be great if two or three neighbors kind of peeked out of their doors and came and joined us and, and we'd get to know one or two, two of our neighbors. And so we, we posted it, we scheduled the first one. We said we would do it during the summer months when it was warm. And I think something like 35 people came to the first one. And then throughout the summer, a total of something like 60 or so different people came, but about 30 or 40 each week. And what we, we learned immediately was that, man, there was a a desire to, to build community, to know our neighbors, to be together. And, and it was pretty great. It was pretty incredible. So much so that, that we've continued doing it every single summer for the last five or six years. So I wanted to tell you that story, both as, as a way to, to tell one, just to share that story. But now I want to explore that story with you for just a second and, and, and use it as an example. Notice something about this story is it's, it's not very exciting. <laughs> it's, it's not mind blowing. Uh, it's not revolutionary. The story is pretty mundane. My wife and I invited our neighbors to, uh, to a little, uh, barbecue and, and they came hooray. Uh, sure. It's a little surprising and a little unexpected, uh, but it's a pretty normal story. And the reason I, I tell that story and, 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 and bring that up is because I think this is what these authors are pointing at. It's stories like this, that we have to learn how to tell and learn how to listen to because stories like this don't usually get noticed unless together as a community, we are looking actively for ways that God is at work uh, amongst us in our lives and and in our communities and and in our world. Otherwise, we we just kind of keep going through the motions and thinking, oh, I don't have a big, exciting story. The idea of God at work in our world sounds fantastical. It sounds miraculous. It, it, It sounds like the Red Sea parting or, 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 or people rising from the dead. It sounds like feeding 5,000 people. It it sounds like these miraculous things we read about in scripture, but so often it's the case that these things happen in the mundane and in the daily uh, tasks of our lives. I think about this idea of storytelling as a very, very, very different picture of rest that we've been talking about. Not only is this an active way of rest, it it, it is a, a different way for us to think about rest because back to that point about encountering each other, we have to be able to sit still long enough and with intention enough to listen to these stories, uh, our own stories, the stories of others in our lives, the stories of our communities that we can hear if we're listening, right? If we're reading the paper or if we're just paying attention to to what's going on around us. This is a kind of rest that requires us to, to slow down and, and to be intentional um, 
and, and draws us into this, this fascinating experience of listening to stories. I think the more we do it, the more that we begin to see our, our, our little neighborhoods as, as these fascinating worlds, these, these in, entire movies happening uh, right outside our door. And, um, and so I'll, I'll end there and just ask uh, what stories you have to tell, what stories uh, like mine do you might think, oh, that's, that's no big deal. That's, that's something small that, that is actually a story that, that we should pay attention to. Uh, because I think the more that we begin to see these threads weaving together, the more we see, oh, this is actually the big story that that God is at work doing. Uh, and we can celebrate that together. So thank you for, for letting me share my story. I'd love to hear yours and continue to uh, do this work together as we enjoy the stories of our lives and as we as we look for the ways that, that God's goodness continues to be present all around us. So happy storytelling. I look forward to hearing yours and uh, we'll see you again next time. Thanks everyone.